Hey, welcome to the big finale of our, our series that we're calling Unshakable Purpose. We've been in, this is actually week number four, and we're really looking at who we are as a church, just going back to those basics, those fundamentals of what makes Valley really value. Remember week number one, uh, we talked about unshakable vision, and then uh, week two was unshakable passion, that, that passion has always been a really big thing for us as a church family. And then last week, we talked about what is that passion for? Well, unshakable pursuit, about pursuing the fullness of all that God has for us. We talked about three different baptisms, baptism into the body of Christ, baptism in water, and then baptism in the Holy Spirit as well. All those just so critical and uh, so cool. Tonight, Sunday night, uh, there's over 30 people that are being baptized following Jesus' example and his commandment. We're going to have a big, huge celebration, and uh, just want to invite you out to that if you can make it. Uh, always a great, great time just to really cheer on and celebrate those that are taking that next step in their spiritual journey with Jesus. So today for the finale, I want to talk about, again, something that has just been a hallmark of our church uh, ever since day one. I think it's the reason kind of that sets us apart maybe than other churches and what people experience oftentimes uh, in other churches, and, and that is unshakable relationships. Unshakable relationships. It's so much a huge part of our church family. As we go back, uh, let's go back to this verse that we've been looking at through this series. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And again, we've we've just focused on the fact that he makes that very personal and uh, just really amazing. Even this week, some statistics that I uh, came across that on average across America, the, the churches in the United States have seen 36% of their people come back to in-person attendance, 36% on average. Here at Valley, we're, we're up near 80%. Uh, it's just absolutely crazy just the difference between what's happening in our community and other churches and nationally. Jesus is certainly building his church. It's not my church. It's not really your church. This is Jesus' church, and, and he's the one that's building. And he said, basically... He's going to build the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Nothing's going to slow down the growth of and the expansion of his church. And he is indeed doing that. And a big part of that here at Valley is about relationships. And when I say that, I mean authentic, honest, life-giving, life-changing relationships that, that really we want to be real with one another. And uh, just recently, even Susie and I had, had a chance to meet with a, a newer couple to the church uh, that, that from another church location that, that they're used to. And, and that was what they literally said. They're like, you know, people just saw each other just in church, but no one ever did anything outside of like Sunday or a Wednesday night. Getting together for dinner, that just didn't happen. And they've been in this church for a long, long time. And I think that's more common, the, the experience that many people have in church is just like go, kind of like uh, check the box on Sunday, maybe if you're real spiritual, even a Wednesday night from time to time, but there's no actual relationships, and relationships are really what have made this church strong for the last 46 years, and it's such a big, important part of who we are and what we do. I think that's why our church has been able to grow big, is because we grow small through the relationships 
relationships, uh, the Christ-centered relationships in the church. A great passage of scripture that kind of frames this for us is Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8 through 12. It says, there was a man all alone. That is not a good place to be. In fact, when you even think about creation in Genesis, God creates everything, you know, day one, day two, and, and and, and he says, it was good, it is good, it is good. And then when he creates man, it's the first time that he says, it's not good. And what was it? It's not good to, for man to be alone. It is not good for human beings to be all by themselves. We need relationships. We are formed, created with that need in our lives. There was a man all alone. He was neither a son nor a brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. In other words, he thought, I'm all by myself, but, but what's going to fulfill me is I'm going to pursue wealth. I'm going to pursue success. And the Bible says he was alone. There was no end to his toil. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? In other words, he had a bunch of stuff, but he wasn't fulfilled inside. And it goes on and it says, Two are better than one. That's what he was missing, was real relationship. He was all by himself. He was successful. He had all kinds of financial stability and health, but he was by himself, and he was alone, and he was lonely. He's like, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. In other words, it's multiplied times over when we're working with someone, when we're doing something with someone, it's a compounded impact. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. A lot of people over the last 18 months, two years, they've fallen. They've, they've been isolated, been alone, and, and it hasn't been the time. If, if we did not already cultivate Christ-centered relationships, really hard to do that in the middle of a shutdown. But, but for those that have always prioritized Christ-centered relationships, then you can draw on those Christ-centered relationships. That's what got me through. That's what got my wife Susie through. That's what got our family through is Christ-centered friendships and relationships that we've developed with people in this church over the years. It's made all the difference. All the difference for us. And, and that's exactly what's being talked about here. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And it goes on and it says, and if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm, warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Three is even better in that sense in terms of friendships and relationships. And it's very interesting. Jesus himself had three. He had the 12 disciples. He had 120 that kind of followed him around. But he had three, like the inner circle, even with the disciples, Peter, James, and John. Those three friends, it was a, a small group, really, that made all the difference. And, and you know, I just came across this statistic, actually, uh, while I was preparing. Uh, studies show that one quarter, 25% of those under 30 years old in the United States in 2020 considered suicide. A quarter of the population under 30, 25% thought about suicide in 2020. Isolated, alone, without a relationship, and who's to help them up when they fall? It's real. And the reality is real change happens in the context of relationships. And this whole message today, as we're looking back at what one of the strengths of our church, real relationships, authentic Christ-centered relationships, 
We're, we're not, not with everybody. We can't do that with everybody, but dropping our guard with a few trusted friends that are going to inspire us and encourage us towards godliness, towards Jesus. I, I hope this kind of stirs you up, really, uh, into action. Uh, but here's the whole thing. All that preaching can really do is kind of stir you up, but, but it's the action, it, it's moving on it that makes all the difference. It's not preaching that makes the difference in people's lives. It, it's, it's we hear, we learn, but then we put it into action. In fact, let me put it this way, kind of boiling down the whole message here. Life is not shaped by information, it's shaped by relationships. You are who you are today, not because of information you've learned, not because of knowledge, but because of relationships. In fact, I'll, I'll just prove my point here. Go ahead right now and name the last 10 sermons that I've preached. Just go ahead and name the, just even the titles of what they were about. Uh, you can't do it. I can't even do it, and I preached them. I, I mean, it's impossible. So informa- I can't even, I could go back a little bit like I did, but I can't go back, you know, all the way into July. And so that's just crazy. No way. But, but here's the difference. The difference between information and relationship Name 10 of the most influential people in your life. You won't have any problem doing that. Just You could begin to write those down real quickly. Why? Because relationships are what shape you. Not so much information. That's not to say information is not important, but it's really relationships. Aren't you glad that, that God so loved the world that he didn't send a textbook? He sent his son so that we could have a relationship with him. He didn't send us a, a volume of theology. Thank God for the Bible. But, but if we just read this and we don't act on it, it's not going to change us. Life is not shaped by information. It's shaped by relationships more than anything else. And Romans chapter 12, verse 5 puts it this way. Since we are all one body, and we talked about that last week, we're going to talk about that next week as we kick off our series, Unshakable Faith. Uh, and, and I want to invite you back for that. Join us again online or in person. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. We're a body, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. And for so many, during the shutdown, a little over a year ago, what we realized was that there's a lot of stuff we think we need that we don't need. But one of the things we all need more than anything is relationships with one another. We need real relationships. Growing, thriving, Christ-centered relationships. And so as we talk about relationships, unshakable, even in times of pandemic, even in shutdown, you know, even in crisis, even with inflation, all of these things, when we talk about these things, there's four areas in every single person's life that I think uh, we need to recognize because when we recognize this is the way really God created every one of us, we realize how much we really do, just like at Romans 12, 5 says, we need each other. We need each other. So four areas I want to cover uh, during our time. Four areas in everyone's life. And, and this is, you can say, well, not me. Yeah, this is you. Every single one of us have these areas of our life, whether we admit it or not. The first one is this. I know and you know. 
This is our public persona, if you will. There, there's some things that, you know, you just meet someone, get to know them a little bit. Certainly as a pastor, I like to share, you know, personal illustrations and all. So there's this level that, that, that maybe uh, you're joining us online. Maybe we've never actually met before in person. Maybe you've been just trekking along with us. Had a friend this week uh, from high school that I went to that, that for the last six months has been watching us online weekly from Texas. He lives in Texas. And, uh, and we used to, you know, know each other. I know him by name. We're facing Facebook friends and all, but not a lot of current that, that, that I know about him. I know some, and shout out to you there, Scott. Thanks for reaching out. Appreciate it. And, and uh, great to hear from you. And, but, but we kind of know each other. This is the public, like what he would hear in a sermon and all. I know and you know. There, there's some common things that we know about each other. We could just talk for just a couple minutes and, and a commonality that we have. And uh, Matthew chapter 23 is pretty interesting. Jesus was talking about this because the Pharisees were really good at this public persona, but the reality is it didn't match what was really in their hearts. And again, this is one of those instances where Jesus is saying some stuff that can really mess up your perception of who he really is you know, if all you, that you know about Jesus is from movies or, or television shows or, or something like that, because the Bible portrays him like this is the one thing he really doesn't like, this, this whole idea of a public persona that doesn't match the reality of who someone is on the inside. And he's talking to the religious leaders and, and he, about the religious leaders in Matthew 23, and he says, everything they do is for the people to see. That's the public, what you see and I see, what you know and I know. They make their uh, phylacteries wide and tassels on their garments long. The phylacteries, that was uh, uh, one of the things in Judaism that they would wear uh, on the top of their head here. And uh, I don't even need to you know, explain that or anything. It has nothing to do really with the relationships that we're talking about. But their whole point was it was just for the show. They were all about just the show, the surface level. And then he goes on, verse 27, and he puts it this way. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He says, you're like whitewashed tombs. Whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. So we can, we can kind of impress people, but that's not really who we are. That's only one segment of who we actually are. And, and that's why uh, we need our groups so much here at Valley Christian Church, to be a part of a group where we can really be known more than just at a surface level. We're we're big as a church, and I believe God wants our church to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know why? Because the world matters. But at the same time, we have to continue to get smaller and smaller and smaller in groups because you as an individual matter. The world matters, so the church needs to continue to grow and reach as many people as possible. We need to do everything short of sin. We're not going to do that to reach as many people in our community, in our nation, in our world as possible. But, but at the same time, you matter as an individual. That's why we have groups. Groups are not this little side thing that we do here at Valley. They're really the backbone of everything we do, the groups that we have here at Valley Christian Church. Because we're, we're big because the world matters. We're small because you matter. And we're a church that's built on relationships. We've always been built on relationships, it was just a few families, really, when they joined those Bible studies, a few families that started 
what today is Valley Christian Church. They were in relationship with one another. And, and we've always been about relationships. And, and so the second thing is I know, but you don't know. Those are the masks that we hide behind. Things that I know about myself that you don't know about me. Those are like the masks that we wear. And, uh, you, you know, maybe you've heard it said this way before. I think it's so true. I'll always be, I'll always, I'm always stay as sick as my secrets. Every one of us has secrets. You have secrets, I have secrets. We'll always stay as sick as our secrets. But here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with having a secret as long as somebody else knows about it. The problem is when we have secrets, when there's things going on in our life that no one else knows about. That's when the real problem comes. That's when, that's when the real destruction comes. We'll always stay as sick as our secrets. And in fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, we refuse to wear masks. <laughs> I don't know, man. That just cracks me up right there in 2021. We refuse to wear masks. I don't think that's talking about medical masks or anything like that, but, but that's... It's just kind of funny. Anyway, we refuse to wear masks. In other words, we refuse to be pretentious and play games. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. And every one of us needs to, you know, there's some stuff. I'm not talking about bearing your soul to strangers and everyone, but there's who on this planet knows what's actually going on in your life. You know, there's, there's stuff in me. I, I don't share. I share a lot, but I don't share everything with everybody. But, but I'll tell you this, there's somebody that always knows what's going on inside of me. Friends, there's times, for instance, there are times when, when still to this day, I wish it wasn't this case, but I struggle with intense feelings of insecurity. I, I, I would have thought, you know, getting close to my mid-50s here, that that, that stuff would kind of filter away and fall away, but, but there are still moments like just incredibly intense insecurity. And so I, I, I know to let my wife know that I'll text a friend that I've, I've shared when it's happening. I'm like, here it goes again, man. I, I'm really, really struggling. There, there are times when I really, I'm just being honest right now, there, there are times when I really, really struggle with discouragement as a pastor. Ma major discouragement. One time happened just a few months ago, and, and, and I reached out to a friend here in the church, and, and we got together, and as I'm just sharing the, the feeling of discouragement, it was so intense, he said, let me pray for you. And he reached his hand, and he just put his hand on my shoulder, and he prayed for me. It made all the difference in the world. Now, now I, I didn't put that on social media. <laughs> I, I didn't make an announcement. It, it's it's kind of like a secret <laughs> when I'm struggling with those things. But but somebody knows. Who knows? Who, who, who knows if you're struggling in your marriage that can really help you and, and pray for you and lift each other, lift you up? See, honesty is the first step in freedom. We've got to be honest with somebody. We've got to come with, someone else has got to know what we're really going through. That's why Christ-centered relationships are so important, that we cultivate those things and nurture those relationships so that they're healthy 
and that they're strong. For some, I know you, maybe you're, you're kind of like, whoa, 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 I, I don't know. I'd rather kind of hide behind my mask, tell everybody everything's okay all the time. For, for some of you, you, you know, you, someone asks you, how are you doing? Like, I'm okay, but the reality is you're not okay. There, there's all kinds of stuff going on inside. And you need to let somebody know, someone who can help you, someone who can pray for you, someone who can lead you to Jesus and lift you up when you're feeling weak. I need that, and you need that. Even Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed in the garden, he told his friends, now my soul is greatly troubled even to the point of death. He, he bared his soul with his friends. If Jesus needed to do that, how much more do I need it? How much more do you need it? Unshakable relationships. I, I, I love what C.S. Lewis says about uh, relationships. He says, friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. That's what friendship is. That's why it's so important. And, and we, we have groups and we have like Sisters United. Wow, amazing. What an incredible, epic night it was for our ladies uh, th this past Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night. The Sisters United. And it's like ladies connected, women connected, and realizing, what, you two? I thought I was the only one. It's so critical in the life of a Christian as to continue to grow that we have those relationships, Christ-centered community relationships. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it puts it this way. Confess your sins to each other. Your struggles, what you're going through. When, 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 you, when you fail, when you, when you trip, confess that to someone else and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is so important. If we need forgiveness for sin, we go to God. We confess it to God. If we need healing from what we've done, if you don't go to God, we go to someone else. That's the clear teaching of Scripture. That's why we need to cultivate these type of friendships and relationships where Christ is at the middle of them because that's where we find healing. Many of us, the hurt and the pain from the stuff that we've done, I'm not talking about what's been done to us, but what we've done ourselves, self-inflicted pain and hurt, we're asking Jesus, heal me of that, heal me of that stuff, and he's saying, I have a way to heal you. It's through a relationship with someone else. It's through a friendship with someone else. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I love this. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Paul is talking here about some of the relationships that he has and some of the team that he had brought with him to Colossae when he ministered there. And look at what it says. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of the servants of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Here's the question. Who's wrestling in prayer for you right now? Because if you don't have that, if you don't have someone who's wrestling in prayer for you right now at this moment, there's no way that you're living the life that God created you for. That only comes through friendship. That only comes through relationship. I just thank God. I have people I could call by name that are wrestling in prayer for me right now. That, that's, that's why I am who I am today. And, and it's not easy to let them know what's going on. It takes humility to reach out. I'm struggling. But when was the last time you even ever did that? With, with a trusted friend that would wrestle in prayer for you. This is what every one of us needs. Every one of us needs friends like Epaphras. 
And by the way, I, I never hear anybody naming their kids that anymore. That maybe that's one that needs to come back and evoke uh, because he, he was wrestling in prayer for his friends. What kind of friend is this? This is a wonderful, incredible friend right there. So the third, third area every one of us has in our life, and this is really, really important, is stuff I don't know but that you know. <laughs> These are called blind spots. Stuff that I don't know about myself, but you know. And, and that's one reason why we need friendship so much, so close to us, so, because people can see our blind spots. It's hard to see a blind spot in a casual acquaintance. Very difficult to see a blind spot in, in a person's life that you don't really know. But when you begin to spend a lot of time in someone, with each other, and hanging out, and talking, and, and doing some, you know, recreational stuff, fun stuff together, having a good time, and things like this, uh, you know, watching a ball game, whatever it is, you, you, you do begin to see blind spots. I've got blind spots. You've got blind spots. That's why we need unshakable relationships. Every one of us has blind spots. Proverbs 27, verse 6 puts it this way. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, not an acquaintance. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. In other words, faithful are the words of a friend that, that they're hard to hear, but you know they really have your best interest at heart. They've proven their love for you before they say those words that you need to hear, but they still hurt. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now, you know, nobody just needs to be complimented and, oh, you're awesome, you're fantastic, you, you know, from, from an enemy or someone you don't really know. But, but, but from a friend, trusted, developed over time, when, when they say, Greg, I, I think you're missing something here. I, 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 think, uh, I, I think maybe... You have the wrong perspective on this. Ah, it's kind of hard to hear. But you know what? It hurts, but it also heals. It makes me better. It, it makes me much better. And it will for you as well. We all have blind spots. And, and that's why Hebrews chapter 3, you hear that quoted a lot. Uh, I've quoted it before. I, I want to go back to it. You hear it quoted a lot lately in, in churches, but I want to kind of drill down a little bit deeper on it. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 through 13 says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that means in the church, followers of Christ, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. It's talking about like drifting. But encourage one another daily. Notice it says encourage daily, not once a week at church. Do it every day. That's relationship. As long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Though this, this right here, this whole context here, is not talking about church gatherings. This is talking about a gathering of friends. And it's saying, don't think that it's inconsequential getting together with friends, with Christian friends. That's why it says brothers and sisters. And it says it's something that should be done daily. Encourage one another daily. As long as it's called today. Like, like, don't wait until you see them in church on Sunday. Do it today. Encourage one another today. Encourage one another like, you know, come on, Greg. You know, you're, you're better than that. You, you know, time to, time to kind of like step up, handle this in a mature way. I, I'm so thankful for close, trusted friends that I have 
that I give them an opportunity to speak that way to me. That, that I open my heart and my life up so that they can say those things. Because we all have blind spots. Who, who's pointing out your blind spots? But because if you have friends and they're not, you probably don't have good friends. <laughs> Every one of us has blind spots. Every one of us misses. There, there's stuff in our life that we just don't see. And that's why we need Christ-centered friends. The essence of what's being said here in Hebrews 3 is don't give up on relationships. And it's much, much more that's being talked about here than just getting together in meetings. It is that, but it's so much more daily. And here's the fourth area of our life. Every one of us has this. There's areas of our life I don't know and you don't know. And that's the potential of who we can become if we have those Christ-centered friendships. The reality is that you have not experienced the best version of you that is to come. But it takes friendship, relationships to bring that about. So, so many through the years, friends and relations that I've had that have seen something in me in a positive way, my potential when I didn't even see it myself. Believed in me when I didn't even believe in myself. Made all the difference. That, that I don't know it and you don't know it, but we experience it together. Look at this, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Iron, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Here's the thing that, that I believe, I've seen this over 30 years of ministry is this. That, that God links people's destinies together. God links people's purposes together. Sometimes it's for a season. Sometimes it's for a reason, just a specific task. Sometimes it's for a lifetime. Sometimes it's from that point on, that friendship to, to just grow and blossom and be intact. But God links destinies together. Like I said, None of us would have a problem writing a list off the top of our head of the 10 most influential people in our lives. Why? Because your destiny was connected to that person and probably maybe even still is. Sometimes for a season, sometimes for a reason, sometimes for a lifetime. As iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens a friend. It's not talking about someone, you, you know, uh, throwing you under the bus. It's not like that. This, this, this is this friendship here. This is a caring, trusted relationship, heart-level connection right here. And, and that sharpens us, and it makes us better. Colossians chapter 2, verse 19, the Bible says, The whole body, the whole body of Christ, supported and held together by his ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. In other words, we grow together. We don't grow individually. We're the body of Christ. If, if I cut my finger off, <laughs> it's just kind of a crude analogy, but if, if, if my finger got cut off and they couldn't sew it back and I put it up on the shelf, guess what? That thing would start to shrivel. It wouldn't grow. It wouldn't be healthy. It'd shrivel up. It, it would begin to, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm talking about. So, so it's not about alone, solo, by ourselves. That's not where we grow. We grow together in the body. God causes it to grow. We grow together. Ligaments, sinews, held together. Unshakable relationships. And, and so I want to really just encourage you, like, Maybe this message inspired you. Maybe this message challenged you. 
but, but remember, it's not information that really changes us and shapes us. It's relationships. So I, I, I want to give you two opportunities here right now that are before us this fall uh, where, where you can jump in and really develop these relationships. First of all, get on a team. Get on a team. And, and, and our dream team. Join a dream team. There's, there's no greater way than to be a part of a team, together everyone achieves more, and you'll begin to build relationships with people here in the Valley family. Get on a team, and here's the second thing, get in a group. Two incredible opportunities. Get on a team, join a dream team, or get in a group. And in fact, we have a dream team day that's coming up, and I invite you out, this is for everyone who's on any of our dream teams currently has been, you know, that involved in our dream teams. But if you want to join a dream team to get involved, there's so many opportunities we have, especially on Sunday mornings. That, that's where we need the most help. There's no question about it. On Sundays, just to do what we do, these three services that we have. I encourage you to come out October the 23rd, 9 a.m. We got some Valley apparel we're going to give you just to wear around town. We got some Valley merch we're going to give you because we just love you. We will appreciate you. We're going to have a special time of celebration. I'm going to rally the troops together. Then we're going to have some training as well. So, you know, kind of like spring training, we're going to get back to those basics. So we're all on the same page. All the different dream teams, whether it's children's ministry, you know, uh, ushers, worship team, parking lot, no matter what, the technology, we're going to have training for all of those areas. Dream Team Day, 9 o'clock, October the 23rd. And also, currently, you can sign up for a group. We have our group sign up. Some of those groups are already filled to capacity. We've had a huge response uh, to our groups this fall. But, but you can check those out and sign up for a group. It's just for a semester, no longer than, than like uh, 10 weeks or so, 8 weeks or so. Some of them don't even meet weekly. All different kinds of interests and all. This is what makes our church strong. Our dream teamers, those are really small groups as well. And then our small groups that are, you know, different hobbies, interests. Some of them are Bible study. Some of those also, you know, like sermon review and discussion. Not so much review, but discussing, applying it to their lives. Uh, and, and here's why this is so important. If we can just go back to that. Get on a team because everyone needs to be needed. Get in a group because everyone needs to be known. Get on a team because everyone needs to be needed. That there's nothing in life like, I'm making a difference. In fact, that's what those t-shirts are going to say that, that we give you on Dream Team Day. Difference maker. Because you're making a difference on a dream team. You're, you're making a difference in people's lives. Everyone needs to be needed. Get on a team. Everyone needs to be known. Get in a group. You just cannot get to know somebody looking at the back of their head on a Sunday morning, sitting in rows. You get to know it when you start talking face-to-face. -face. Get on a team. Everybody needs to be needed. Get in a group. Everyone needs to be known. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word that instructs us. And Lord, we then thank you for your Holy Spirit that empowers us to walk out your word, walk out the information that we've heard. And God, the truth is, maybe we've, uh, we have not valued relationships the way that we should. We've not prioritized Christ-centered relationships the way that we, ha we should have. And so, Father, we just ask you to forgive us for that right now. And, and Lord, we don't, we, we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. 
So God, as we take a step, maybe it's a little uncomfortable, maybe it'll be even a little awkward at first, but Lord, as we take a step to get on a team, to join a group, God, we know that you're gonna meet us as we take that step because we need relationships with Christ-centered friends so badly. It's so important to our spiritual health and spiritual growth. And so God, we hear you speaking to us today. And Father, we receive your grace to get on a team because we want to be needed, Lord, to get in a group because you've made us so that we have this desire to truly be known for who we are. Thank you, God, that you love us so much that you're not through with us and you're working in us and in our friendships. And we thank you so much for them. In Jesus' name, amen.